0: Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates for Planetfall, Gal 3, Thea 2, and much, much more. Hey Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks Nate, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, I'm doing
1: okay. I'm glad the week is over.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm really exhausted. So I had a, a, a big long week, a lot going mm-hmm. on. And uh, it's Friday night when we're recording this this week. And so Nate and I might sound a little, I don't know, worn down. It's not that we aren't excited about what we have to report on. We certainly are, but yeah, it's been a week.
1: Yes, it has. So are you ready to launch the show?
0: Yeah, let's do it. And let's start off with some really great news. Uh, This week, uh, on Monday, I was at work and I was doing my thing. I was a little bit down. I was kind of having a tough day. And I get a text from Nate and it says, I needed to pull it back up. It says something like, I've got something for you. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, What is it? And he said, You're going to love it. I was like, oh, all right, what is it? And then he said, check our site. Of course, you know I was like, all right, sure. And I see that uh, we've posted an announcement that Slytherin has acquired the publishing rights to Master of Magic from the desiccated carcass of Atari. And this is amazing news. Uh, if you don't recall, several years ago, wargaming.net, which is very famous for the World of Tanks games, acquired the license for Master of Orion from the fire sale after the Atari bankruptcy and proceeded to make Master of Orion Conquer the Stars, it, which really is a good game. It's, it's a good, fun game. Uh, it might not have been what the Master of Orion community wanted, but mm-hmm. like, well, that's a, what they got. Yeah, and, you know, in a vacuum... Like, it's pretty decent Space 4X. It. It's got really great graphics, good music. It's fun to play. Um, pretty much bug-free. It even had a a DLC. So, wasn't a bad game at all. So, really, in the spectrum of things going horribly wrong and absolutely perfect, it's closer to the perfect. Definitely not perfect, but closer to perfect than disaster. So, Slytherin picking up Master of Magic is... Really, really good news. They've uh, they've been per- publishing some really decent games lately. For instance, um, Warhammer 40k, Gladius, Relics of War, which I think earns the award for the longest name in 4x. Uh, they publish, and you know, I mean, they're they're the publisher there. They're not necessarily a developer there, but hopefully, they can find some people to work with that really love Master of Magic as as much as you know the fandom does, and they're able to produce. Uh, a good s- successor, remake, reboot of some type. And I'll really be following this news closely because Master of Magic uh, mm-hmm. wasn't the first 4X I played, but it was definitely the one I loved most back in the hmm. 90s. So,
1: Is that is that all you came up for Slytherin? They have Battlestar Galactica. They have um, Fields of Glory. Two uh, paints of glory, General,
0: yeah. I mean Empire. Yeah, well, they,
1: no, but they have the yeah.
0: Worlds Universe, like they, they have a yeah. ton of games. Like a gr- Aggressors Ancient games, Rome. Yeah. Of uh, of varying degrees of quality, but lately you gotta give them prompts. So yeah. It used to be they would make these really uh intricate, difficult to understand niche war games for like their mm-hmm. very dedicated dedicated fan base, which what which for Matrix Slytherin is extremely dedicated. They have a hardcore fan base, without a doubt. But then lately, they've, they have been going more mainstream with some very decent, well-made titles. And so, like I said, you have to give them props. And them getting this license uh, is, is really good news. It's really good news. So uh, I think that they have the capacity to do a good job with it. Proof will be in the pudding. But, uh, yeah, man, I it picked me up on Monday, and I've been floating on clouds ever since.
1: Nice. Well, that's the kind
0: of news you want to
1: get. Something that, I mean, that's kind of what the goal is of the weekly exchange, is to not just have a news show, but to bring up news items. Sometimes people know about them. Sometimes they don't. And if it's just the right item at the right time, it'll keep you, you know, distracted from other stuff in a good way and help you get through the week. And that's at least how I always saw it. So I'm glad that it did it for you, you know? All right. Well, moving on to the next item, Thea 2 just released. We just spoke about last week about the return of the Vol DLC. And this week, they, even though they've been doing releases every two weeks, or they switched to a two week schedule once every two weeks, they will release a update. they not have a whole bunch of stuff. Um, post release of this DLC, which is free, by the way. Um, a bunch of people were reporting some issues with bugs and things like that and one of the major things that one of the major things that they added was a forfeit on encounters so you have automatically resolve you have manual control but that's it and so in the middle of an encounter you can throw up the white flag but you still get to watch your whole you know your whole warband get wiped out or whatever ends up happening to them. So at least here with a forfeit you bypass it but one thing they forgot to do is to give you a confirmation that you wanted to forfeit. So the placement of the forfeit is the same as the auto resolve where and it used first, to be yeah right 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 so it was the first space that not resolves in the middle and now manual is at the is all the way on the right so i pressed it by accident once or twice and i'm like wait forfeit what do you mean i, I could have wiped him oh my god you know so people, a whole <laughs> yeah. bunch of people complained right <laughs> right 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 a whole bunch of people complained and you know muha being the way they are they're like yep good point all right let's handle that boom handled um and then the rest of it is just fixes like people are reporting well this event is happening too often this other event's happening not enough and so on and so forth so they did that and a few more it's really short but i think it hits a bunch of key points and most of it focuses around what the dlc introduces so you know good on them really looking forward to see what kind of stuff they have basically a few days after you guys hear the show but I mean, I'm playing it. I'm enjoying it. Oh, speaking of which, by the time you hear the show, our review for Thea 2, The Shattering, will be up. So yeah, so be prepared for the Thea 2 review or at least having read it, let us know what you think. And it will be in the old format. So if you have any complaints about, oh, we love Rob's new format. It's the best. Why are you doing this old format? Well, because the review is written and it's hard to convert it from one to the other. And if you guys have any complaints, please direct them to me. I know how to handle them. Or better yet, Just you know, enjoy the old format because the new format's completely different and you know, old is good, new is good, everything's good. Let's get it done. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. So next we're gonna report on Burned Land, which is a 4X game in early access, not one we've talked about all that much. And this past week it received a hot fix for a previous patch it got on July 29th. That previous patch introduced uh, new taxation mechanics, reinforcement mechanics, uh, the option to build minefields, which is kind of different for a Fantasy 4X, and uh, added color code in the tooltips to quickly see all the details of this sort of thing. Uh, the hot fix fixed a bug in the save system when you had built minefields and also fixed a bug that allowed minefields to be built in unplanned locations. So Burn Land, you can think of it kind of as a fantasy take on AI war, and rather than like having an AI that's kind of monitoring everyone and then squashing anybody who gets too big, you have a a pantheon of deities that is watching all the races, and anytime one gets too big, they try to go in and squash it, and so you have to end up fighting the gods, so uh, it's got a lot of uh, more political mechanics in it, passing laws. I, I think political parties are going to be added to the game in a future update. So anyhow, we're going to keep an eye on Burned Land for you and try to report on that a little bit more.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's several 4 that came out that we're going to need to catch up on reviews. So we'll see about getting that done. All right, moving on to the next item. We have Age of Wonders Planetfall. So this past week, the game came out fully, and our review is up. So if you have not read our review, by all means, please check it out. Rob and Oliver really busted their butts to get it done, and they did a fantastic job. And um, just, you know, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. And um, let me see. We should be doing the... Audible extension for it sometime in the near future, in the next couple of weeks, I think. So we're kind of waiting to see what kind of stuff comes from uh, Triumph Studios. And speaking of Triumph Studios, they just released the Velociraptor update. Though, if you look at the picture they included, I think it looks more like a T-Rex cross-breeding with a Velociraptor with some very strange things going on on its legs. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to click on the link and check it out. It's pretty funny. But anyways, uh, so this update is basically um, like a... Post release patch addressing the biggest issues that came up from the release. So, some people were having issues with that scrolling, like it wasn't working. So, they fixed that. They were having, uh, they added a button to randomize the names of commanders for customization. They added an option to make combat quicker. Like, so one of the things that Age of Wonders, Planetfall has, and Age of Wonders 3 had. was like really meticulous combat, but some of the animations can be really slow. So by adding this, it speeds up the animations, it'll shorten the time of combat. So that's good, because I'm, I mean, I'm it, and I'm not too fond of the auto-resolve, like... Like some of the results are like, are you serious? I, I could have done like a thousand times better. Why would you do that? So that's the next thing is that they're addressing some AI issues, improving the AI, and then fixing issues in campaign. And then like basically just whatever's being reported that they can knock out right away they're doing. And then they're compiling a bug list that they're going to address in the coming weeks. And from from what I can tell, they're having the release is pretty solid and Like, the feedback's pretty solid. As always, there's always people that aren't happy, and I've read things from people that are like, oh, it's just a reskinned version of Age of Wonders 3. And there's, you know, I suppose... Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I don't suppose. I'm certain that that was always a concern. I certainly had it at a point, but then once I got access to it and I saw what was what, it was like, yeah, no, it's a very different game. Yeah, it's similar in a way that any 4X is similar, and being that Triumph Studios released Age of Wonders 3, obviously Planetfall will have similarities because had they gone too far off of that script, we know how that's going to go. So it's one of those situations where you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. So personally, I agree with the review. Now, if um, one thing that I saw brought up is that why didn't we assign exemplary? And this was based on several older reviews from a couple of years ago. And the final review to break that mold, I believe, was Stellaris, where we realized that we cannot assign exemplary at release unless it is literally the perfect game. Because the day after it comes out, a thousand bucks pop up. And then they're like, wait, why'd you give it exemplary? Couldn't you wait a little bit? So that's why we decided that if a game is solid, we'll say, look, the game is a recommended. It's a strong recommended. And upon the first re-examination, at that point, we're going to sign an exemplary. So definitely, Planetfall was a candidate for exemplary. And I'm pretty certain it's going to be a game of the year candidate, if not the front runner. But yeah, we don't do exemplary anymore. So in case you see any other- On the first review. Just on, on the, the first review. F- on the initial review for the game release, we will not do exemplary. We will do recommended and we will do the caveat of this game. Could be an exemplary, but it missed it here and there. And then once we do a re-examination, at that point, we see whether those issues were addressed. If those issues were addressed, then obviously the game becomes an exemplary. Because I can give you off the top of my head at least four exemplaries that we gave out that caused all kinds of drama. And even for games that even now, if you look back and you're like, yeah, no, they deserved exemplary. There are plenty of people that said, no, they didn't. You know, it did this wrong, it did that wrong. So that's kind of why we did it. Rob had spoken about it. I think it was at least in the comments and then in the thread, and I think even on Discord, people were asking about it. So I just wanted to clarify why it was changed. Now, maybe moving forward, he'll decide, no, we're going to do exemplaries again, so we'll discuss it behind the scenes and figure it out. But it's just... I'm okay with the recommended with an exemplary on a re-examination. Now, the big thing is we're going to be doing more re-examinations and more frequently. So it's not like you're going to have to wait a half a year or a year before you see an exemplary for a game that deserves it. And I think that's that's the biggest change with that,
0: you know? Yeah, and I think it's a good policy because you can get caught up in the moment. And it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to jump aboard the hype train with something that's right. new. And instead of Absolutely. giving it some time and uh, letting... Better perspective be your guide. Absolutely. And then, um, you remember how a little bit ago you were talking
1: about Slytherin? Yeah. Well, Gladius this week also has an update, and this is update 1.3.4. And within this update, they're continuing balance tweaks post the release of Chaos, and they're continuing to adjust the various factions because balance is important you don't want a game that's perfectly bad well maybe people do like an rts you want a balanced game but in a 4x a perfectly balanced game means that there's no faction differentiation so what they're doing is they're making some factions a little stronger here some other factions stronger they're trying to keep it close to the lore so they're they're making various balance issues uh they're again they're doing another pass on the orcs because right now the orcs definitely feel underpowered and they're actually very powerful and especially in forty K once they get their WA go- their wag going and you know they start building up, they get they steamroll like crazy and but it doesn't feel like that in gladius So they're kind of trying to adjust it to give that feeling because the Tyranids are beasts, Chaos are beasts, space marines are beasts, Imperial Guard are just there to capture bullets, Necrons, the Necrons take forever to get going. But once they get going, they're beasts. So, you know, they got to do something about the actual beasts in the game, the orcs. So they're doing that. And then they're uh, continuing to optimize. So they're trying to improve uh, memory usage on video. So, like at some point you have so many units on the field that'll start slowing you down unless you have the beefiest of cards. So they're trying to optimize that. And then continuing to take bug fixes, feedback, you know, oh, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. So they're looking at it and seeing what they can fix. So thanks a lot. Proxy, doing a great job. Keep it up. Looking, really looking forward to see what the next
0: major DLC is gonna be. And um we'll we'll see, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nate, I have a question for you. Sure. What is longer than an Alliance of the Sacred Sons update? Mm, multiple Alliance of the Sacred Sons updates? That's exactly right. Four Alliance of the Sacred Sons updates in one week. Okay, so, so we're going to we do on, an awful lot of summarization here. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, update number one from Alliance of the Sacred Suns is really interesting. It's not actually anything that has to do with the game. It's more of the studio speaking for itself, Cat Hawk Studio. And it's introducing a customer bill of rights. And it mentions in this update that Stardock also has a customer bill of rights. That's not something I knew. Maybe I'll have to look that up sometime. But anyway, in this customer bill of rights for Cat Hawk Studios, it has... Different items like this. You have the right to a product that is fully functional when a full retail price is charged and to receive a complete gaming experience with the base product. You have the right to reach out to us at any time to speak about the quality or any other questions you have about the game. You have the right to transparency in the game development process. And if there are delays, that they be communicated in a clear and honest manner. And it goes on and on from there. So he's kind of laying down a marker here and saying, you know, this is how I'm going to conduct myself. This is what you can expect out of me and my studio as a developer. Now, there's a reason very few companies do this. Because once you make a promise, you have to keep a promise. And keeping promises is tough. So uh, I I wish the developer here uh, a lot of luck. You know, Steve is a great guy. He's communicated with us a lot through the development process of Alliance of the Sacred Sons. And he he is a really stand-up guy. And this is just another example of that. But, you know, making promises is tough because you got to keep them. And, um, like, I salute his courage and I worry about making those kinds of promises. uh, Because there may come a day when it's just not necessarily possible to keep.
1: Well, he's trying to... um I guess separate himself from the crowd.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, how many um small developers have come along, made a game, dropped the game and then never come back? Exactly. Since we started just since we started Quite Tons. a few. Quite Tons, a few, right? So, what? yeah. Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Just uh it it's um well, it's daring. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. It's daring. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to that, Uh, He gives us a roadmap on where things are going next and uh, he makes a very big announcement in that update saying that now he's working full time for his own company Cat Hawk Studios. He got a publisher who's financing the game and so he can develop it full time instead of splitting it with his his other job which I'm sure feels good. I bet he's excited about that. I know I would be. So he gives a, a roadmap and in the great uh, tradition of space forex st- slash strategy games. He names them after scientists. So Copernicus, Galileo, and then finally Keller. And it, it it's huge. It's a very long list of different things that are going to happen. So I'm not even going to try to read any of it to you. But essentially, the end date for early access is April 25th, 2020. I mean, that's you know that that's not a hard and fast date. I'm sure it is right now a target date. Might hit it, might not. You never know with development. So anyway, late April 2020 is going to be the last update for early access, and then the game uh, should be ready to go some point early May 2020. So that's about
1: well. He has his he has his theme presence now, so he has his form, yeah.
0: and I think. If you enter early
1: access, you can get a Steam key and start, you know, checking out the game and what he's
0: done in there, so. Right. So that's the timeline you're kind of looking at. Ten more months of development, and the game should be live. So, those two announcements weren't good enough. We're on to announcement number three, which is about the military system, and it's broken up into two parts. Part one, part two. Now, uh, he he makes some very interesting statements. He says... Alliance of the Sacred Suns is a 4X game at heart, but it's a grand strategy game. So, like, that's tough in my mind to reconcile. Okay, but he does explain that. Instead of building individual ships and naming them and then sending them out into combat, you're building more like fleets. And they are combined fleets. You have your spaceships, and then you have your drop ships. With uh, invasion units. It's all going to be kind of uh, flown out together with a governor. Not a governor. I'm sorry. A general that is in charge of your fleets. And so he goes into extraordinary detail about different damage types. Different defense types. uh, All kinds of this kind of hit points and that kind of hit points. And all these different sorts of things. Explaining how combat can start in space you got your pew pew in space and then you have your invasion you got how ground forces can interact with each other not only that you have ground forces that can fire at space forces space forces bombarding ground forces and so i mean it's just an incredible level of detail in that so in the second part of the military update he talks about um Oh, I don't know. More of the logistical side, like military intelligence, the effects of war on population, culture, happiness, these sorts of things, uh, maintaining military garrisons, uh, inquisitors. And if you remember from several updates ago, uh, Alliance of the Sacred Sons is all about managing resources um, or re, not resources, relationships among houses in your empire, right? And so you can send inquisitors to find dirt on the leaders of these houses, and then you can use that against them. And so you can have inquisitors go down with your military units as well and spy on the the home world and on uh, the enemy, things like this. And so it, again, it just goes into a fantastic amount of detail. I can't wait to start seeing some uh, Let's Plays by, like, Das Tactic or a Roomba for this. Showing, like, how a person who's not the developer figures this out and really puts it all together. Because the level of detail in Alliance of the Sacred Sons is quite astounding to me.
1: It's true. Well, we'll see because Rob is, um, I think Rob's trying to do something as well. So. Oh, okay. Great. We'll We'll have our own... Look at it from a more casual perspective because Das is very his uh, play style is super analytical and like his his setup video where he's choosing like the options usually takes one video, like a whole hour of him going through all the setup and stuff. We're like, yeah, yeah we're doing this. Bam, bam. Let's do this. So we'll have like like a more typical forexer just sitting down like, oh, what's this about? So we should we'll probably have some videos for that, too.
0: Excellent. Very good. Uh, What can you tell us about ISG this week? Well, we have
1: um, Keith, who was uh, one of the main guys for uh, Space Sector, who became Praxis Studios, which are the guys that made ISG. He's not only a moderator on their forums, but he's also doing a lot of their community outreach, and he's been making like a tutorial video series showing different aspects of the game for people that are newcomers, maybe people that never played the Master of Orion games, or maybe people that aren't too familiar with 4X. So this week we have a link to his playlist. And at last check, there were like three or five total. There's more videos on their web, on their YouTube channel, but this specific series, I think it was like three or four videos that he has done all together, like two two tailored ones and like, I don't know if he's going to be releasing one or two videos each week or whatnot. So that's what the link is this week for Interstellar Space Genesis. It's just his video series trying to get him a little bit more attention. We we played the game. We liked the game. Uh, We recorded an audible extension for the game that should be going up maybe sometime next week. I'm not sure what Rob decided on the schedule because he has a few other things he wants to put up. So he'll figure out where he wants to stick it. But um, stay tuned for that. That's coming as well. And that's really the news for this week for Interstellar Space Genesis. And then the main news item is we have something out of Stardog for Galactic Civilization. We spoke about the uh, version 3.8, how they're not going to be working on any more expansions for a while. They're just going to focus on uh, patching and fixing and taking community feedback and improving the game. And version 3.8 is called the Ascension Update. So we have the breakdown of what's in it. And what's really interesting is that they're continuing to tweak the AI. And the reason they're... uh, Okay, so I think I should have started with that. The reason they're calling it the Ascension update is they have an essential crystal. It's one of the victory conditions. And when somebody starts trying to achieve this particular Ascension victory, everybody, all the players in the game get notified. And then depending on who's where on this Ascension victory, you know, elevator or stairway or whatever, everybody will know because... Apparently, if you're trying to ascend, you have to announce it via Space Facebook to everybody that you're ascending or something like that. You can't ascend in private or in secret, you know? Everybody's got to know. But um, another thing that—another major thing that they did—now, it's interesting because in a single-player game, personally, for myself, I do not care what other people do in their single-player games. You know what I mean? So if somebody's playing a game on the easiest setting and they win— I don't care. By all means, please play any way that you want. Now, if they're going on to the public forums talking about, oh, my God, this game is so easy, I can beat it with my eyes closed, and they're playing on the easiest possible setting, you know, there's an asterisk by that achievement of theirs, their, you know, accomplishment. But again, it's a single-player game. I don't care. You play any way you want. You do whatever makes you happy, and I do the same. So what Stardock did is they added a setting where you can actually change the difficulty of the game mid-game. So you're not playing something like Iron Man or what's what's the other one? The Steel Man or Ivory Man or whatever, where you don't scum save. Or, or you do. Who cares? It's your game. Play it any way you want. But I've been seeing some people comment about it, and some of the comments are very interesting. And some people are really miffed by this fact, and it's like, I don't know. Why do you care how somebody plays their game? If they want to download six mods that are all superpower cheats and they just press one button and they beat the game. okay, let them, you know, each person plays how they want to play. Right.
0: Yeah, I I was a little bit surprised by the negative reaction to this, too, because like you said, how many people download mods to make a game easier? You know, lots, right, right. tons. So, and it's a
1: single player experience. So yeah, do what you yeah, will, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever I mean, makes you not happy. It's like right?
0: this is for some kind of leaderboard with a prize at the end. It's
1: Right. And this it's, isn't for multiplayer games. It's not like this. Well, hopefully people don't adapt it into multiplayer. But again, that's something that Starock will figure out. You know, in the day where you're trying to give players, you know, everybody uses the term player choice. So when players legitimately get a choice all of a sudden people are complaining. It's kind of, I I find that a little strange, but I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not speaking for Expolmate. I mean just for me. Now, a few other things that they did there is they're they're adding like um the updating ship names
0: there which apparently is a thing. It's a big thing. Um <laughs> yeah. I remember playing it that wasn't a big deal to me, but okay. Right. So they're fixing a few things. There's a bunch of stuff on there and um
1: again it's free it's cool it's it's based on what players want so more you know thank you to start out, keep it up because galactic civilization 3 has been out now for quite a bit and it's done quite well and myself i haven't fired it up in a few years but then again i barely have any time to play anything nowadays anyways but still you know the people i know that are enjoying the play galsive they're saying it's gotten better there was couple of hiccups along the way but now you know with the last release it's really improved and you know
0: yeah i think crusade was a a really big turning point for gal civ 3 like after that expansion came out like the whole attitude for the game shifted Uh, a lot more people purchased it played it uh gave it positive reviews so like Mm -hmm. that one really changed how the game was
1: absolutely absolutely
0: all right so this week We have kind of an interesting thing from Endless Space 2. Of course, they're working on a new DLC for it, and part of that, naturally, is getting the community involved. Like, Amplitude is relentless in community involvement, and I just appreciate that and respect that so much, so... In this DLC, they're going to be expanding the lore and role of the Academy, which is where heroes come from in Endless Space 2. And this week, they presented the community with an image of a ship. This is a flagship for the Academy. And what they want is the community to come up with a name for this flagship. And so people can suggest names And, you know, put them up for a vote. And then uh, members of the Games Together community, which is Amplitude's own forums. Okay, this isn't the Steam forums. They've got their own website called gamestogether.com, where you can sign up for an account. You know, it's just a message board, really. And uh, log in and vote for the game. And the more Amplitude games you own and DLC you bought, the more... Points are associated with your name, and the more your vote counts towards the name. And so, I have a great name for this ship. I think that they should call it the Surge Protector because that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a big, giant Surge Protector that you could plug about, I don't know, eight or nine cords into. You see what I mean, Nate? <laughs> oh,
1: sure, why not recommend
0: it? Yeah, I mean, it just looks like a Surge Protector. You know, just a big, fancy gamer surge protector. Sure. That, that <laughs> okay. had to be the model for the ship. No, it looks like a United Empire ship, dude. No, it looks like a surge protector. You see all the little plugs? You can plug in your your cords for your three monitors you got to have and your your double CPUs and everything.
1: Uh, it looks like a U- United Empire ship.
0: It's totally a surge protector. <laughs> Okay, you know these companies—they really need to hire somebody with uh, a juvenile brain like mine to look at their stuff and say, "Dude, your ship looks like a surge protector." So that if way they it... don't—they don't have things like this. Like I can't even tell you, uh, like where was this in this? Yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, the Mazari captain. Okay, she's a uh, powerful commander with amazing assets and flagships and things like this. Her name Mm -hmm. is Chloris. I can't tell you what that word looked like to me when I first read it. Oh. (laughs) I'm like, this female commander's name is Chloris? I might be missing a couple of letters there, guys. So anyway. You just have a dirty mind. They really got to get somebody like me working for them saying, you you can't name a, a female commander this, and you can't make your giant spaceship look like a surge protector.
1: Well, to me, it looks like a cross between a United Empire ship and the back end of a, of the new Battlestar Galactic. Take a look at like how you have the four yeah, engines yeah. in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah, right? it does kind of look like that. Yeah,
1: you're right. So there you go. Yeah. So with
0: the right. you know with the option to plug in all your cords on top. Okay, and I, and on that note, <laughs> let's go ahead and move to the next item. Now, this
1: is a game from Iceberg called Shortest Trip. To Earth. It's been in early access, I think, for almost a year now or thereabouts. And this is um it's got a couple of different things going, but it's a roguelike. It's a little bit like uh faster than light. It's got its own stuff. It's it's pretty neat. I you know, personally for myself, I'm just not good enough. My hand eye coordination and my click fest and my ability to just click, 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 click. It just it's it's gone. I save that for work. When I'm playing, when I'm at home and if I'm playing a game, I don't want any of that. I just want something that I can relax. If I have to step away for two minutes or four hours, whatever I left it at is still waiting there. And if I forgot to pause it, well, guess what? I don't really need to worry about it because, you know, it's not going anywhere. But anyways, uh, they have a release date, which is August 15th. So by the time you hear this, it's going to be a couple of days, I think, after you hear this, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's it's neat. It's, you know, if you want it more faster than light, this game is definitely the game you've been looking for. So keep an eye out. I mean, if you're part of the early access and you've had a chance to play it, by all means, please let us know. We're very curious what you think of it because from the few people I know that played it, I heard good things and the comparisons are usually faster than light. And, you know, that type of game, that type of roguelike or roguelike or roguelite. Just rogue whatever gameplay, however you want to define it. And that's it for the main news items. And for this week, this week's what is, we have a game called Dark Envoy. Now, based on that name alone, what type of game do you think it is,
0: Troy? Uh, Some type of like political thriller thing. You got it. That
1: is exactly what it is. It is a political thriller. It's got lots of diplomacy in it. It's got a lot of very tense exchanges. And by that, I mean, it's, it's got tactical combat. It is inspired by the Divinity games and Dragon Age. It is an RPG, and the diplomacy is done at the end of whatever weapon you happen to be holding. <laughs> you, are, you are the dark envoy, and the message you bring is a message of death. You know, a diplomacy game,
0: if, if you're following the news of late, right? But Yeah, you know what, man? Things are really starting to take a dark turn. In pop culture, it makes me a little nervous.
1: Well, you know, how, what's the saying, life imitates art, or is it art imitates life?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, this game is a non linear RPG, turn based combat. It's got a pretty good uh, science fiction writer. It's got 15 char- unique character classes. It's, you can do it solo, you can do two player co op, and, it's got a extensive quest system so lots and lots of replayability and what the developers are saying is that in a single playthrough it is impossible to uncover all of the quests that can be local or can be world events so i'm as you know i've been on this kick for a long time and i'm very excited to see what this game brings and if you and here's the thing like i've played quite a few of the recent releases that are xcom like and usually They fall far short. But this one, you know, it's this looks like it's got something to offer. I'm very, I'm definitely looking forward to giving it a spin if I get a chance. And the release date is sometime towards the end of 2020. So I know I'm talking about this early, but, you know, I'm just, there's there's this game that I'm not talking about anymore. It's kind of left a hole that needs to be filled. And this might be one of those candidates. But... You know, we shall see. So keep an eye out for Dark Envoy. Maybe follow it on Steam so they know, you know, add it to your wish list so you can keep abreast of the situation. And um, that's it for that. Now, this next bit of news is not a rant. It's just kind of I'll link the item here. I'm not going to discuss it in too much detail because there's not much to discuss just yet. But apparently, Creative Assembly, these are the guys behind the Total War Games, which got bought out of couple of years back by Sega, is going into partnership with a Chinese company called NetEase in order to be able to release their games officially in China. So right now, Steam exists in China, but it's kind of like in this gray area. The, the game platform that's openly accepted in China is Epic, the Epic Game Store, because it's connected to your favorite company, right?
0: Yes, they are connected to Tencent.
1: Right. So Creative Assembly is wanting to break into it and they went into partnership with NetEase. Now they're probably trying to do like an official release for Total War Three Kingdoms and, you know, all the other games that are coming from Creative Assembly now, adapting past games, future games. But it makes me wonder if all of the studios under. Sega are going to join them. So you have, you know, Amplitude. You have a few others. And I'm I'm very curious to see where that goes. So if you're curious about this, there's going to be a link in the notes. Check it out. And that's it for the main news. And with that, I would like you I would like to ask you a question, Troy. Sure. Where what you have wearing? you been playing this week?
0: Not much. Like I said, work just really hammered me this week. I mm-hmm. probably played less than an hour of Thea 2. Mm -hmm. and i probably played five battles of world of tanks blitz and that's it and i wasn't i didn't even really care if i won or lost in blitz i just did it because whatever so like next week my schedule should get back to normal um i you know it'll be a a more difficult week but not it, it will be way less difficult than this week
1: Gotcha,
0: so. gotcha. I should have more opportunity to play next week and do some other things. So, yeah, I, I'm through the really tough part and just moving on now. Uh, what about you? Well,
1: Edge um, of Wonders Planetfall um, fired up some fantasy general too. Kind of, yeah. How was that? Some, it's um, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's it's pretty like I really, really, really unit upgrade system. Once your unit you know, gains enough XP, XP and they start upgrading. There's some really cool upgrade trees and stuff like that. Combat is, um, the best way I can describe it right now is it's, it's not Age of Wonders plan for a tactical or endless legend for that case, but it's more like, it's more Civ-like or Gladius or Warlock Two, which is what Panzer General was, which is what this game was based on. It's a fantasy version of that. And, um, the, like, I'm doing i'm doing like the quests and stuff like that the campaign so we'll see what it looks like i mean the game is not in full release it's going to be i don't know how long it's going to be before it's out so we'll see but uh yeah it was it was fun and i did that and then some major one Planet planetfall and like i had spoken about earlier i think it's a great game um an nda game that i can't talk about and thea 2 which i'm enjoying and i'm actually some i'm at least one or two pieces of art from my current playthrough are going to end up in the review. So awesome. for people for people hearing it now, you know, this is past tense, but for us, this is going to be, I'm going to try to capture one or two specific things to add to the review. And I have a perspective at the end of the review and we'll record the Audible extension for it probably in a week or two or three. Just give MUHA um, a chance to, you know, release another update, get some more feedback from people. The one thing I noticed, like I just, just for the hell of it, I clicked on a couple of recent releases And I'm like, even on releases that I know are solid, like I'm seeing mixed signals and I'm like, what is going on? What's happening with the, something's going on with Steam reviews. I just don't have the time to like dig into it, but I'm looking at some games that like I know are solid games and they're mixed reviews. And I'm like, why? So maybe I'll, you know, maybe when I get a chance, I'll look deeper into that and report on it in the future. But otherwise, that's it. Not much more to report this week. I did go to the movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah? What'd you see? I I saw Sean Hobbs, uh, Fast and Furious
0: Tale. Isn't that a little sophisticated for you?
1: No, no, no. no. This this movie is... I've been watching the Fast and Furious movie since the first one came out. This is... I don't even want to call it a guilty pleasure. Well,
0: yeah, that was actually a good movie, though. Which one? The first Fast and Furious.
1: Oh, man. Hobbs and Shaw was great. It was so much fun. I went in. My brain was shut off. At no point did my brain turn on. I chuckled a few times. I said, nice. I got some giggles out of it. I laughed. I didn't cry. It was all in all. It was, I don't know, I spent like 12, 13 bucks, whatever it cost me to watch it. Oh, well,
0: shoot, that's worth it then.
1: Yeah. You know, like these days, everything needs to be like cerebral. You have to think about everything. you It's got to have a message. It's got to have, you know, even even the movies and the shows that are supposed to be fun are not fun. It's like it feels like work, you know? So uh-huh. I went yeah. to this thing. I understand. I got right? you. It was a summer flick. It was f- dumb. It was fun. It was fast, though it was more than two hours. But still, it was definitely furious. A lot of furious things were going on. There were a lot of funny, cute little jokes in there. So I enjoyed it. But, you know,
0: awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I did, but that's it. I, that's that's all I got. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we close this one up? The usual.
1: A huge thank you to our uh, patrons, to our listeners, to our fans, to our you know people that follow us. Thank you. Um, we've had a bunch of different pieces. Rob put up like all the announcement last week. He wants to keep on it and just keep. Hey, more power to him. He's got the strength. He's got the opportunity. So I'm all for it. So expect to have continuous announcements on the website. That's all courtesy to Rob, so thank you. And uh, Oliver's been, I know Oliver has a couple of pieces coming up in the next few weeks. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. And then the Thea 2 review, and we got a couple other things working in the background. So for a time where we're usually very quiet, we seem to be pretty busy this year. (laughs) And GamesCon is coming up, so we'll have all kinds of stuff from that. And I think that's it.
0: All right, very good. Well, we'd like to thank all of you for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you. This has been Troy and Nate for explore Take care, everyone. See ya.